Welcome to the QAV podcast. If you're brand new, I just want to introduce the podcast a little bit so you know what you're getting yourself into. If you've listened to the show before, feel free to just fast forward a minute or two. If you're brand new, here's the deal. Uh, my name's Cameron Riley. Tony Kynaston is an old friend of mine. He's a very successful share market investor. I'm talking very, very, very successful. He's been doing it 30 years. He's one of the best in the country in terms of a private investor. Very good uh, track record over 30 years. And what this podcast is about is Tony basically teaches me everything that he knows about investing in the stock market. And you get to listen. But if you're coming into this for the first time, you'll find that this episode, the current episodes, assume a certain level of prior knowledge. We assume that you know what we're talking about, his system, his methodology, which we explain in earlier episodes. So feel free to listen if you want to get the vibe for what's going on, but some of it's not going to make much sense unless you understand what the checklist is, etc. I recommend if you're brand new, you go back and listen to uh, Season 3, Episode 1, Episode 3 and Episode 5, where we go into Tony's background and his system and his methodology in a lot more detail. And then feel free to listen to the contemporary episodes, the current episodes. You'll understand more of the context of what we're talking about. With that, let's get into today's show. Thunderbirds are go. <laughs> Welcome back to QAV. This is episode 423 TK. How are you? Good. Good now. Recovered. <laughs> From? Tell them all what happened. Uh, I had an AstraZeneca virus jab on Thursday and a pretty violent reaction to it Thursday night. For about uh, five or six hours, I was shaking and sweating and my heart rate was up to, oh, I don't know what it was. It was felt like 200 beats a minute for about six hours. And um, limbs ached, yeah. And uh, by the next morning I was better but just had to spend a day in bed recovering from no sleep that night. That's just uh, Bill Gates's secret chip uh, yeah. embedding itself in your neural cortex and just getting, you know, optimised. It was Windows rebooting basically to get ready to control Everything yeah. you do or something. I tried. Sure. I tried to resist because <laughs> you're a Mac guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The ghost of Steve Jobs was fighting this inside you. Give me the Steve Jobs one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's no good. I haven't had mine yet. I'm waiting for my doctor to tell me they've got some in to give it to me. But uh, yeah, hopefully. I don't know. That yeah, kind it's, of it's, it's it's strange for all the. I mean, I could have driven out to Olympic Park and gotten one, I suppose, earlier, but it took until last week to get one from our local area doctors too. Mm. Mm. Well, in other news, I sold IMA during the week. Tony, uh, a lot of people on Facebook told me it was a bad decision. Should have hold on, should have held on longer. They think. But, What's happened uh, with it? Well, it just breached the cell line, you know. It uh, okay. it had been hovering around the cell line for about four months <laughs> and it finally went down to 16 cents and so I dumped it. Of course, it's back up to 17 cents now, <laughs> which is where it was before that. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't doing oh. it. But I had a loss on it and you did say on a recent episode, if you have any losses going into the end of the financial year. Yeah. You want to take advantage of your capital gains loss to offset yep. it against some of your gains. Yep. Millions that I made out of TRS last year. Uh, I thought I should do that. So 
It's yeah, I'm just gone. having a look at having a look at image resources now. It's pretty close to its cell line, isn't it? Yeah, but it, yeah, it dropped down. It came back up. Somebody said, "Oh, well, you should have waited to the end of the month." And I know sometimes we have done that, but honestly, I was looking for a good excuse to dump it. So well, you, mm-hmm. you must have sold it close to the, to the end of the month, anyway. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. When you sold it last week. Yeah, it was month late finished last, last week. week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wait three weeks for the end of the month if, if something was dropping. No. I think you've done the right thing. No. Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to sit down at some stage this week with Taylor and uh, one of his mates who who's uh, into QAV now. We're going to sit down together and do um, all the manual data entries and do it all together. Okay. Um, oh, cool. Divvy, divvy up all the manual yep. data between the three of us for a day, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. Give them an opportunity to roll their sleeves up and get their hands dirty. Mm-hmm. And a shout out to Ed. I caught up with Ed for three hours and did a mini workshop. It was Ed that suggested uh, the idea of a workshop, and he happened to be in town yesterday. He's travelling around the country, retired, travelling around, living the life. Um, and uh, he and I sat down for three or four hours in a cafe yesterday and went through it all, which was great. Great to. It's always great to meet. QAV club members and hear a bit about their stories and um, see how they're going. But he's fired up about QAV, which was nice. Yeah, good. What a great lifestyle too. Yes, he's Traveling really living the country. life. And he yeah, was fantastic. he was introduced from a mate of his, James, down in Canberra. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you, James, and mm-hmm. uh, thank you to everybody who's recommending their friends. We added. Uh, Another member of the Cody family. I think we've got the entire Cody family now as QAV club members. So I, I know uh, we have new merch out, but can we make a football team shirt with <laughs> Cody on the back? Cody number one, number two, number three. <laughs> they can fight about who's number one, but yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's in order of who signed up is how it works, yeah. I like it. I think that's our first uh, full family QAV subscription. Mm. We have to do like a family uh, subscription plan or something, uh, some sort of mm. discount for families. Anyway, uh, what else have I got in my notes for this week? Oh, there's a new video that Andrew Flipman and I made last week uh, on him walking through his version of the checklist with the tables and that kind of stuff. So if you didn't see that on Facebook, go up to our videos page if you're a QAV Club member and you can have a look at that. Or if you download the latest version of the Andrew Flipman uh, checklist from our Dropbox folder, You'll see I've stuck a little link to the video in the uh, first tab on that to make it easy. So I hope that helps. A couple of people had emailed me over the last month asking for a video. So um, Andrew was good enough to uh, make some of his time available recently, and he and I did that. So hopefully that helps uh, when people are working their way through uh, completing the checklist. What else have I got? Insider trading, Tony. Talk to me about insider trading. Yeah, a good piece of research done by some, uh, I guess they're economists, but anyway, researchers from Queensland Uni recently, and they uh, they were looking at data, I think predominantly from the US, and they were looking into uh, announcements by companies and sales of shares by insiders, so CEOs, board members, CFOs, that kind of thing, and um what they found was really interesting. So there's obviously a lot of rules and laws around when an insider can trade and you can't do it when you're in possession of, of uh, news that could move the, the market. You're meant to you know, announce that news and then trade if you still want to after that. 
And most companies in Australia have trading windows in place. So generally a CEO can can trade their stock, I think usually about a month or four, sometime during the month after their um, company results come out twice a year. So the rest of the time they're in what's called a blackout. Uh, I imagine there are similar rules in other countries. But what the what the researchers found was that um, it looked like, and I guess you've got to be careful alleging things here, but it looked like companies were putting out lots of information, just sort of muddying the waters, just dumping everything, and then uh, using that as their, you know, here's the bad news I'm going to sell, and selling after that. And, uh, yeah, there was some some research to show that that kind of murkying of the waters was was being used by insiders who were <clears throat> trying to sell their shares without coming out and just saying, here's the bad news, which is going to affect the company. Mm. So dumping so much stuff that people can't wade through it in time to, uh, you know, execute as quickly as the yeah, CEO Yeah, not does. just wade through it, but find the relevant information. Like it's they, they'll, they'll dump a haystack worth of information and the important stuff's in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Sneaky, very sneaky, very sneaky. Yeah, yep. But it's still, it's still, um, you know, one of our, one of our, I guess, not not a hard and fast rule, but one that we look at is is insider selling. So I think you can just probably ignore what they say and just look at what they do. Mm. Uh, excuse me, while I just take a sip of my drink here. <laughs> Your Tony. merchandise, Mark. I should have got mine out. I forgot. Yeah, come on, man, get it out. Uh, Look, it's got the maxims yeah. on the back. Not very happy with really, the font on that actually, but it's a bit they're looks a bit really bold. Good. Looks really yeah. good. The maxim mark now balls. available, and the golf balls. You've got some golf balls now. I have. Yeah, been I'm too playing sick with them to tomorrow. hit them. I guess. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go tomorrow and play. Yeah, still trying to figure out how to send people a golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I'll yeah. do is I'll send them a mug and put a golf ball in the mug and then just send the mug, I think. Right. Anyway, if yeah, you want no, to buy yourself, well done. if you want to buy a coffee mug, go up to uh, the shop link on our website, qavpodcast.com.au. Go to the shop, buy yourself a QAV mug or buy one for a friend. Give it to a friend and say something. Say something clever. I, I can't think of anything, but uh, that's how you get them into QAV. Here, you need this. Trust me. Just say that. Here. Yeah. Oh, speaking of golf balls, uh, do you remember uh, Dan Rowan and Dick Martin's laughing? They used to give out an award called the Flying Finger, Flying Fickle Finger of Fate. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the show, but not that, no. Oh, yeah, the Flying used to have a statue with a hand on this. <laughs> and... Um, and uh, I was just thinking of it yesterday. I was watching the golf. A guy called John Rahm, Spanish golfer, was having like a day to remember. It's, it's like the third round of a four-round championship. He's a defending champion from the year before. No one's ever won back-to-back since Tiger Woods, and Tiger Woods is the only person to ever do it. He's like five shots in the lead. He's had a hole-in-one. It's like everything's gone his way. Steps off the 18th green. They tap him on the shoulder and say, "Oh, really sorry, but your COVID test has come back positive. You oh, yeah, we have to disqualify you from the tournament. You can't play. Couldn't just wear a mask <laughs> and keep playing. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of gold, do uh, we? <laughs> you said golf? <laughs> And I just, I, I, I sort of moved that to gold. Gold. Right. You posted an article about some U.S. property baron, Sam Zell, 
who uh, is capitulating on gold. He said he's been saying gold is investing in gold is dumb for decades. Now he's investing in gold. What did you make of that? Oh yeah, I just thought it was. I thought it was interesting. There was a Sam Zell's a, a really interesting character. Had a one of probably the best property investor in the US for for decades. I'm just reading his biography at the moment, which is really good. Hmm. It's called um, "Am I Being Too Subtle?" <laughs> he's, got, he's got a he's got a reputation for sort of just being a straight talker. <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah, my mother's nickname for me is Cameron the Blunt, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember what the details were. He's um, he's never thought gold was a good investment, but he's sort of worried about inflation at the moment, I guess, and he's buying gold. Yeah, but he didn't really explain outside of that why in the article. Like, can he get a better? What, what's gold appreciate by on average uh, year on year? Do you know? Uh, I don't know what what it would appreciate by. It's it's in an upswing at the moment for us, but it's more at the um, an inflation hedge. So, uh, it, it um, it's a store of value. So, gold's gold does have commercial uses. So it can it can go up just on the on the you know the fact that it's used in manufacturing silicon chips and jewelry, uh, and probably a few other things too. Um, but uh, it's a great store of value. So if inflation goes up, if you have money in the bank, for example, you have money under your mattress and inflation's going up and it gets to a high number, even 5% or something, if you have $100 under your mattress, the next year it's worth 95 Yeah. And so you get this sort of negative compounding effect of, of, um, of holding cash uh, in an inflationary environment. But um if you're holding gold, gold tends to retain its value, I guess because it's still used in manufacturing. And it's been a traditional store of value, but uh, it could. I mean, to me, you could hold iron ore or you could hold other commodities as well. Like they're, they're sort of doing the same thing. It's just that gold's had this status as an inflation hedge. And for a long time, I guess, as well, it was always the, you know, things like the currencies were tied to gold up until Richard Nixon. So... Uh, it was seen as being a very stable commodity, but I think that's changed since then. Well, I'm just on goldprice.org. According to its little table here, in the last year, gold has gone up by 11%. In the last mm-hmm. five years, it's gone up by 50%, so mm-hmm. on average 10% a year, which doesn't sound overly impressive, but it's not bad. It's like a the mm. index, right? But over 20 yeah. years, it says it's gone up by 607%, which would be like 37, 30% a year, right? Yeah, probably a bit less than that, but yeah, 20, 20 odd, yeah. I know, 607 divided by 20 is 30.35, according to my calculator. Your calculation's right, but that's not how you calculate compound growth. Oh, what am I doing wrong? How do you calculate compound growth? Oh, you've got to use the formula of the uh, 600. Yeah, so there's M price over the starting price raised to the power of the number of years minus one, something like that. <laughs> oh, okay. Google Google CAGR calculation, but that's oh, the, that's the whole thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. just looking up, seeing if gold's been a good investment over the long term. Statista rate of return gold. Yeah, just traditionally, that's people much. flock to gold when inflation's going up. I know they do, but I'm wondering if that means it's a good investment or not. Just because that's what they do doesn't necessarily yeah, mean correct. it's good, yeah. right? 
Yeah, exactly. And Buffett wrote, Buffett will and Zell in the past has railed against doing that because they say it's an inert, it's like putting money into a rock. It's got, you know, it's inert. They, they do concede that it does have some value because it's being used by the jewellery makers and watchmakers and um, chip makers and stuff. Yeah. But that value is, you know, that the price of gold is much higher than what that value would actually be worth if it didn't have this store of store of money type function as well. Right. Well, I can't e- easily find the CAGR of uh, gold over 20 years. Well, I'll tell you years, how so. to do it quickly. So it's 60 over 20 years. So um, 60 is 2 to the what? 64 would be 2 to the 8, is it? No. Uh, but, 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 but. Two, two to the four three. is uh, two, four, 16, 16 40, 32, six. five. So it's about six six doublings in 20 years. So it's doubling every three years. Three into 72 is, yeah, it's probably going to be about 21, 22%, something like that. Oh, it's better 24%. Than your, better than yeah. your performance. You should just sell everything and put money in gold, Tony. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, yeah, true. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? <laughs> and, and past performance doesn't predict future performance. And it's as good as Buffett's return. Buffett's full of shit. He should just collapse Berkshire Hathaway and put all his money in gold. Mm. I'm serious. Why, why, why shit on gold if it's had that kind of performance in over 20 years? Uh, yeah, good question. I don't know. It's, um, it's do I trust it to continue to get 24% per annum going forward? No. Why don't I trust it? Because I've got no way of um, working out its value, no way of knowing where its value is going. Um, yeah, so uh, it's not uh, – this is where Buffett makes sense. He's saying if it, he was comparing an investment in gold to putting it into different sectors in the American economy, if he put money into farms, he can see that, you know, farms are going to sell something, improvement in agricultural technology means that there'll be growth in the in the farming sector. If he puts it in railway stock, which he did, you can see how that's going to improve. You can see the dynamics of the economy supporting that. You know, that's that's what he's comparing it to. If I put my money in gold, I'm just <laughs> I'm either, you know, buying a lump and putting it under my bed and hoping that something cataclysmic happens to, you know, make it more expensive than what it is today in the sometime in the future. It's probably a safe bet given the way the human race is going, but you know, it's it's got to become scarcer to become more valuable. Well, if the human race wipes itself out, I can't see gold being that valuable if uh, you no. know we're all scavenging for food. It's the walking dead out there. I'm not sure gold's gonna yeah. do you much no. good. But but it's but, in the so, sneaker category, right? Well, you have a look at the twenty-year price increase in a pair of Air Jordans that Jay Z signed, or or on a particular, you know, like a or a Michael, Michael Jordan. You mean? No, Jay Z. Do you know? You don't even know who Jay Z is. You've never listened to a rap song in your wears, entire life. I have. He wears sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> so does Jerry Seinfeld. Um, yeah, no, so it's in the category of uh, gambling then. You're taking a punt. You're yeah. just buying yeah. something inertly and hoping it Correct. does well. Yeah. Uh, but as it turns out, gold has done well over the long mm-hmm. haul. Yep. Right. Which is kind of strange because the interest rates and, and inflation hasn't – well, interest rates have been going down and inflation hasn't really been a part of our society since probably the 90s really. So it's kind of strange that gold's going up. Yeah, but, uh, you know, 
then you had well, know. you had golf wars, you had dot com bubbles, you had GFCs, all that kind of stuff is what drives gold up. Trump. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right. Well, there you go. Sam Zell might be onto something. Hey, folks, Cameron in the editing room here. Uh, I just went and had a look at the history of the gold price. And what's interesting is that, sure, in the last 20 years, it's actually done quite well between the year 2000 and the year 2020. It uh, went up, as we discussed, quite well. But uh, if you look at the previous 20 years, from 1980 to the year 2000, it actually went backwards by about a half to two-thirds. And the preceding 20 years, it didn't perform very well either. It was all over the place. So I think Tony's got a point. You know, Even though it's done well in the last 20 years, it didn't do well before that, and we really have no way of knowing how it's going to do in the next 20 years. So, uh, yeah, just thought I'd share that. Uh, uh, for people that aren't already signed up for Nevexa and are looking for an online platform tool, nice boys at Nevexa have created a coupon code for QAV listeners, QAV2021. Use that when you sign up. You'll get a 15% discount on all subscriptions. So thank you to Navara and uh, Tom for putting that into place. Uh, journal entries, Tony, you've done a couple. Do you want to talk mm-hmm. about those? Your most recent one on the 3rd of June, you were talking about Ingham's uh, yeah, uh, had right. its earnings update. Yeah, so it's interesting. Like there's a, there'll be a couple of questions later on about some stocks which have had earnings downgrades and Ingham's was the reverse. It had one that with an upgrade and uh, it, it was dropped out of the um, QAV top scorers list I think around March or so because the, the CEO resigned and went back to the States and they appointed a new one and the share price dropped and it became a sell. And, in fact, I owned the stock and sold it at that, that time. Uh, and, you know, it's not a bad thing to do because uh, changes – it wasn't a prepared-for change of CEO, so that was a bit of a red flag. And there's also a propensity when CEOs change for the new person to come out and, and really try and mark the stock down as much as possible like they call it clearing the deck. So they, they'll go through and take whatever provision they can. They'll go through and, um, you know, uh, make people redundant, try and get the business in, into its, its, you know, uh, finest or its, 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 um, its most battle, re- battle ready in, uh, setting so that they can look good. So from then on, the share price goes up under their watch. Uh, all their options are set off the low price when they came in. Uh, and uh, they can they can point to the good job they've done after three or four years when they're looking for another job. So there's a lot of good good reasons if you're a new CEO to just really trash the share price, do all the hard work in those first six months, uh, just to, because you'll never get another chance to do it, right? Because if you try and do it uh, after that, you're going to be worried about not getting options that year or whatever, or not getting paid a bonus that year because you you know whatever you're doing is going to depress the share price. So. Clearing the decks is a, is a common thing that happens when CEOs change. So it's usually a good sign to sell. In this case, it didn't happen. And the new person has come out with a, an upgrade about three months later. And so the, the, the stock has risen again and it's back on the buy list or back on the top scorers list. Right. Um, for people who don't know who Ingham's are, um, look in the supermarket. They produce a large share of all the chickens in Australia, both, you know, frozen and fresh. Um, huge company. They were owned by the Ingham's family until about five or so years ago when they sold off, um, and now they, they're listed. Uh, so yeah, so it's a it's a it's a 
pretty good company. It's uh, pretty basic. Um, it's it's yeah, large scale chicken farms, and it depends on being able to do good deals with supermarkets, which they traditionally had good relationships with. And uh, it's got a, a large market share of that market, so uh, it tends to do well, just year in year out. Very, not going to get rapid growth from it, but it uh, it's it's been a pretty good business over the years. Thanks for that. Well, on the on May thirty first, you did a journal entry where you said you were selling JB Hi-Fi and buying VUK Virgin UK. Uh-huh. Um, I had a couple of questions about that from people about why you sold JB Hi-Fi. So we can start there. Then I want to ask you about Virgin UK's uh, byline because when I was sitting down with Ed, we were looking at that chart yesterday and I was like, I don't know. I don't think that's a buy. I don't know why Tony's got that on the scorecard. So uh, let's start with JB Hi-Fi. Why, why JB Hi-Fi, Tony? Why, why JB Hi-Fi? Yeah. Uh, okay, I've got to be careful how I say this. Uh, it, it is tied in with our discussion before about your sale of image resources. So uh, officially... I'm selling it because it's QAV scores towards the bottom of the top scorers list. And I wanted to run a, as I said last week, I wanted to run a a champion challenger portfolio looking at taking something from the bottom and replacing it with something at the top. Right. So that's my official reason for doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, Unofficially. The added benefit is that it may have been sold at a slight loss for me, which will have some tax consequences. Oh, Okay. Yeah, Off. but uh, that's that's not the reason. That's not the, the reason? The reason is, no, no, that's not the reason. The reason is I'm selling because the QAV score is low and I'm, there's something better to buy. Right. Had nothing to do with the announcement of the CEO leaving there, the group CEO? No, no. JB Hi-Fi, that was a long time ago. Was it? Oh. Yeah, that was okay. at least a month ago, maybe two months ago. Well, and and the, the CEO was replaced by an ex-CEO anyway who had a good name, so. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the CEO was was pinched by Solly Lou to go and run um, <clears throat> Premier Investments, Solly Lou's retail company. Right. When Mark McInnes announced he was going to retire. And uh, yeah, so the JB Hi-Fi board went back to a prior CEO who has a good name and they put him in. So right. no issues there with the CEO. Okay. Yep. But- you were looking for something to sell for this new experiment that you're doing, and it was the it was the winner. Yes, <clears throat> did have the added benefit of being at a slight loss for tax reasons too. Well, I, um, you know, I was uh, well. This is a side point, but um, somebody, I think it was Jamie, um, suggested to me in an email the other day that it would be really good to have a quick reference guide somewhere on our website. Um where people can look up a couple of bullet points that answer a lot of the common questions that people will have when it comes to investing. He's like, just, you know, remove all the bump, just bullet points. This is what Tony says about X. This is what he says about Y. And the first one that I was doing today on that was um, a question that somebody had asked a while back. Uh, If you have to sell something because you need the cash, how do you decide what it is, what to sell? And um, so I bullet pointed that and you said the first thing is you look at sell losses first. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you say, what I'm trying to do is avoid selling something and having a capital gains tax liability against that sale, then sell the ones that are trending down, even in the short term, even if you think they'll do well later on, if they're trending down, you sell them. And then thirdly, you probably sell the ones which don't pay dividends. That was in episode 413. Mm-hmm. And so uh, th- this would fit that uh, model if you need to sell something it does, to- yeah. You could probably add the fourth, and the fourth one is like you might want to. Um, I would sell something with a lower QAV score as well. Right. Okay, I'll add that in. Something with a lower QAV score. Which so yeah, so I definitely fit that model with the selling of JB Hi-Fi. Nothing against JB Hi-Fi. I think it's a fantastic company. It's got a great retail culture. <clears throat> um, I love going into their stores. The service is really good. Uh, you know, the staff are, look like and act like and speak like computer nerds, which is great because I normally need help trying to get the right dongle for my Apple Mac or whatever because the friggin' dickheads there keep changing them every time they release a new iPhone, <laughs> which pisses me off. <laughs> just have one one interface, guys. I can just want to plug... They Last do, Tony, year's headphones into the new te- iPhone. Te- oh, technology, sake. well, you're supposed to have AirPods by now. AirPods have been out for like four years, Tony. They've given you four years to catch up to the Bluetooth revolution. It's not their fault if you're clinging like uh, clinging to near death to your old uh, corded headphones. I'd, technology I'd through, moves on, Tony. Through, it evolves. I'd There's better things, Morton. better they have. What do you want them, to not use the best technology in, in Apple devices? I've bought and lost two sets of Bluetooth headphones so far. <laughs> You've lost them? Yeah. How uh, do you lose them? Well, one flew out of my ear when I was walking and went down a sewer. So that was like, thank you, Steve Jobs. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> He's been dead for 10 years. <laughs> Lucky guy. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then the other one I, I think fell out of my pocket when I went whale watching in a choppy sea, so... Whereas these things, you don't lose them. They they get tangled up yeah. and they're like a t- they're what? A tenth of the price? Yeah. Yeah. So like okay. yeah. Well I've never, I've never lost a Bluetooth headphone. <laughs> That's all I get to say. You don't go out. Oh well that's true. Yeah. You you got me there. Hard to lose stuff when you just sit in the one spot every day. Um <laughs> Okay. Oh, so that's your JB Hi-Fi explanation. Yeah. Uh, what's yep. your uh, VUK justification? Bring up the chart for me. It's a fudge. It's If you look at the top oh. scorers list, it's listed as a fudge. Well, I did see that, but you didn't explain how or why. So exactly okay. how yes. are you fudging it? Well, that's the end of the free episode for this week. For the brand new folks, I want you to know that each week we have a free episode and a premium episode. Free episode runs about half an hour. Premium episode usually runs for an extra half hour to an hour, depending on how many questions we have from our audience that week, because we spend a lot of that time answering questions. Uh, If you want to check out the premium episodes, you can go up to our website, qavpodcast.com.au, and sign up for the two-week free trial. You get to have a look at the uh, premium episodes. You get to have a look at the checklist, the Getting Started Guide, all of the video content that we have, uh, you get invited to our VIP dinners and our VIP Zoom calls for club members. You get to ask Tony questions that we can answer. You get to get invited to our uh, Facebook group, our private Facebook group, etc., etc. So, and also we get a, a 
private uh, club member newsletter each week we send out as well with some stuff in it. So check that out, qavpodcast.com.au. But as I said, if you're brand new and you want to, you're trying to figure out what's going on, go back and listen to season three, episodes one, three, and five, 301, 303, and 305. And then you might also want to go back and listen to season one as well, all of the free episodes in season one where we go into a lot of detail about Tony's system and methodology and figure out if this is right for you, if it's something that you want to go further with, if you want to learn how to invest like Tony does, then you can check out the uh, QAV Club. Uh, The other thing I always have to say is we're not financial advisors, so don't take anything you hear on this as financial advice. This is just here to teach how one guy invests and thinks about investing. If you need financial advice or tax advice, please go see a financial advisor or tax advisor. Uh, With that, stay safe. Good luck with your investing. And we'll be back next week.